G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Let's just put it this way. You wouldn't go for a holiday necessarily to the Galilee because it was probably not the upper crust of society. Yeah, right. And even one of the disciples said, seriously, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Again, in our last program, to identify some of the prophecies regarding the Mashiach, the Messiah of Israel, that would help us identify him. This time, we're going to look at some more characteristics that will help us identify Mashiach, because there have been many so-called messiahs throughout history, and we want to be sure to identify and devote ourselves to the right one, to the authentic one. Yeah, because as we've mentioned before, there have been so many different messiahs from so many different cultures and centuries and religious beliefs and worldviews, it's almost like every culture has had a Messiah or Redeemer in some mm. way. Everybody's saying we need a Messiah. Well, mm. which jolly Messiah do we want yeah, to right. focus on? Well, so, the real Messiah, please stand up. Exactly. And he did. Thank mm. goodness he yeah, did actually right. stand up. But the amazing thing is that when you look at all of the different Messiahs and the descriptions of them, the one Messiah that has the most detail said about him you find that detail in Scripture. So mm. that's what we're focusing on because there were so many prophecies. It really is a massive tall order for any one person to actually fulfill them mm. all. Yeah, that's right. Or one guy could say, well, yeah, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And you could say, well, how many people have actually been born in Bethlehem through since there was a Bethlehem? And let's just say there was 100,000. Okay, well, it's one in 100,000 it's got mm. to be. But for the Messiah to actually fulfill all, all of these criteria is breathtaking. Yeah, well, as you say, there are so many to choose from. But let's pick one example of some of the prophetic words about Mashiach and identify that. Okay, well, what, the first one that comes to mind is that he would open his mouth and speak parables. I mean, that's one of the things that was so very unique about Jesus' ministry. Well, he certainly was renowned for that. And it's spoken about in Psalm 78. It says that I'll open my mouth in a parable. I'll utter dark sayings of old. And the interesting thing is that when it says he would utter dark sayings of old, he didn't actually come and, and teach new things. He actually taught things that was already revealed in Scripture but had either been ignored or forgotten by many of the um, the religious community and leaders because they'd been so caught up with their rabbinical interpretations and adding so much, as we talked about building fences, they, they just extended and extended, mm. that they'd moved so far away from the original. And he brought them back to it. It was just remarkable. And another example of, of which there had been many very long-standing habits among the rabbis was an attempt to boil down the entire meaning of scriptures, like it was this desire they had to be able to put into a single phrase or a sentence the mm. entirety of scripture, what it all meant. And do you remember when Jesus was actually approached and they said, you know, teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Do you remember yeah. how he responded? Yeah, well, of course, he responded by summing it up, didn't he? So this is in Matthew 22. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. 
The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Yeah, so he... He was in a um, he was participating in a particular discipline that all the rabbis used to participate in. So he was he was like them, but he was so much beyond them. Mm. Um, then he he didn't just teach like a new religion or new traditions. The traditions and their debates were like blinding them to what God had already told them. Then we we've spent a little bit of time looking in Isaiah chapter 7, chapter 9, and we're going to continue to do that. But there's a couple of really interesting verses, the first few verses actually of Isaiah 9. Yeah, let me read that. So it says, There will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. This is actually fantastic because Zebulun and Naphtali is in the region of the Galilee. And you're talking about the city of Capernaum. You're talking about Magdala. You're talking about Nazareth. You're talking about Tiberias. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a whole region. It's not just where the Sea of Galilee, which is really just a lake, is situated. But it was very much mixed cultures. There was a lot of religious Jewish communities like Capernaum and Tiberias. But then there was also um, the city of Hippos, which is one of the cities of the Decapolis, which is kind of around the corner from mm-hmm. um, Capernaum, which was a Gentile city. Remember the demoniac yeah. and all of the the, the the demons that got driven out of him into the pigs? Well, he was from the city of Hippos. Right. So he was a Gentile not too far away from these religious communities. So it was... Let's just put it this way. You wouldn't go for a holiday necessarily to the Galilee because it was probably, <laughs> mm, how shall we say, not the upper crust of society. Yeah, right. Yeah. And even one of the disciples said when he was told, come, 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 we found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. He says, seriously? Can anything good come out yeah, of Nazareth? That's right. That was a, a community within the whole mm. Galilee region. Okay. So, And so here you've got Messiah who's going to come to this particular place of Zebulun and Naphtali, the land of the Gentiles, and he is going to make it glorious because he's going to shine this light into mm. this place and basically bring light and truth and health and healing and redemption. He was truly going to make it glorious. Yeah. It's from there that the gospel spread to the whole world. That's so cool. Amazing, isn't it? And it's great. I mean, obviously, we see that right through Scripture, I mean, that God uses the base things. He uses the yeah. foolish things to confound the wise. So he's basing himself, setting himself up in Nazareth. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and don't forget, this is part of the reason why the religious leaders wouldn't accept him. They thought that Messiah would come and fawn all over them because mm. they were the supremo dynamos. They were the elite, mm. and he didn't. He went and hung out with the humble and the yeah. meek and the lowly, and he went and healed and delivered Gentiles, for goodness sake. How dare yeah, he? Yeah, that's right. And so he actually made Capernaum his base of operations, as I said, which is in the Galilee area. But I want to jump to another really incredible verse. This is in Isaiah 35, 4-6. Say to those with anxious heart, Take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he'll save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Aravah. Now, there are so many passages in the New Covenant, especially the Gospels, that deal with Jesus opening blind eyes, healing deaf ears, 
releasing mute tongues, not to mention the cripples that were healed, women with issues of blood were healed, withered hands were straightened, demon-possessed kids were set free, lepers were healed from their rotting bodies. He even raised people from the dead. They were the very, very works that Isaiah said Mashiach would do. And there was tens of thousands of people who witnessed these things. So there's more prophecy of these explicit works that Messiah was supposed to do. Well, then another example would be Isaiah 61. And the first two verses, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. This is just the most amazing description of Jesus' mm. ministry because not only did prophecy tell us that Mashiach would actually tell parables and heal physical bodies, but they also let us know that Mashiach was going to actually heal broken hearts, that he was going to bring good news. These people lived without hope in mm. many respects and survival on a day-to-day basis was just absolutely very hard work and they lived under a religious system that was crushing them. And they had to participate or they'd be ostracized. So he was bringing absolute freedom to these people, comforting those who were in mourning because not only did they have an impossible religious system to try to live up to, but they were crushed under the brute of pagan Romans that Mm. would basically execute you for anything, even a perceived. And then you had that maniac Herod the Great who was so delusional that he was even killing his own children. So if he was killing his own kids, he wouldn't even Mm. think twice about killing somebody in public that he thought might have maybe possibly somewhere in their wildest imaginations want to conspire against him. It was a dangerous time. And then, of course, you have that incredible passage in Luke where Jesus actually stands up in the synagogue to actually address Mm. this Old Testament prophecy. That's right. He quotes from this passage in Isaiah, doesn't he? This is what I've come to do. I've come to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives. He quotes from that exact passage. And then he sits down and he says, today in your hearing, this has been Mm. fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, shock of shocks. Can you imagine? (laughs) I can almost see their faces. the blasphemy that they would have been. Exactly. And of course, they try to kill him. And then he goes and he makes Capernaum his base of operation. So all of these scriptures and so many more are fulfilled in this one person. Mm. So the simple fact that you've, you've got to look at all of these different passages and think, how could any one person fulfill them all? And who is this one person? Well, we will continue to look at this next time. More of the prophetic identifiers of Mashiach. And as you said, there are plenty to explore. So we'll do that next time on Foundation. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.